All right. Welcome into your Friday Dropping Dimes edition. Um, <clears throat> today's show is going to be a lot like uh, Wednesday's. It's going to be driven by you in the chat and whatnot. And if you want to join, there's an email address that is listed at the uh, top of the chat. And you can uh, join me over there. Um, we'll see, you know, how that goes. Uh, fucking uh, Wednesday's chat was lively as can be with, I don't know how many comments and people just chiming in left and right. So if you want to join, uh, just let me know over there and we'll get you in. We're going to talk about last night's game and then the looming game tonight and whatever else anyone else wants to uh, talk about. So once again, go to... Uh, dropping dimes show at gmail.com and hit me up over there and I'll send you the link and you can join in on the show and just give me your two cents pop in let me know what you want to talk about uh and then I'll have you on for a few minutes and then we'll uh, drop you out and have somebody else on just to basically pick them up as they go but man what a game last night really thought the Celtics had it and it's crazy that uh a zone defense can be that befuddling to a group of professionals flat out. They're playing man in the first half. The heat are, and uh, they're getting torched. I mean, the Celtics put up 60 points in the first half and then the second half, you know, the barely cracking 40, uh, and especially the third quarter. I mean, they just got trucked in the third quarter and it, I mean, it's just crazy to watch. Like at the opening of that game, the first half, my biggest takeaway was maybe instead of sitting back, Jimmy needs to assert himself more in the first half instead of trying to get the teammates going. Um, but ultimately, I mean, it, it bore out that it didn't really matter in the second half. They came to play. They were, you know, pushing the pace. They were dictating and somebody tweeted out. I can pull up my Twitter. Um, they had my, literally my thoughts exactly when I was watching the game in that, the Celtics offense kind of looks disjointed. They don't they don't look as though they have any kind of game plan and this isn't the Eastern Conference Finals. Whereas the Heat grinding knew exactly what they were going to do. It's just running, you know, specific sets left and right. Uh so to watch it, ah oh shit, I'll find it later. I don't want to interrupt this just to, to go back for the tweet, but to watch it like it was Kimba, it seemed like kept, you know, bailing them out by dribble penetrating and then whatnot defense collapsed up and he had like that wraparound pass for the easy dunk and he was getting shots off. He was five of six at one point in the first half and he was, he started off hot and then Enos Cantor subs in and suddenly Enos Cantor, you know, does what Cantor does. He gets you offensive back basket uh, buckets rather I'm trying to say baskets and buckets at the same time, but he's a defensive liability. There's your trade off. He can more consistently get you, you know, points, but is he going to be worth the amount of points he's giving up? Can he D up, you know, Bam enough? Bam ended up with 21 points, him and Goron, uh, both above 20. And Duncan Robinson, dear God, as soon as he touches the ball, he's just launching it from three. It's really impressive how quick that trigger is. I mean, there's the... There was the corner one that Van Gundy pointed out on the broadcast of like, he barely even caught that. He was in his shooting motion as soon as he did. And it was over on the wing and he uh, curled around a screen, I believe. And as soon as he was, as soon as he was free, the ball was in his hands and he caught it head high and was just releasing within a 10th of a second. And it was in, um, 
there was only one or two times when the ball left Robinson's hands that I didn't think it was going in. Even though he shot, what, six of 12 from the field, 50%, but it was all from three. But I would say 10 of those looked good. Uh, only a couple of them were, there was one he was fading to his left um, over on the uh, far side of the court. And that one was a heat check, just flat out like, can, can I get, how good am I right now? How hot am I? And, uh, you know, it, it rimmed out, but still it not far off target. Um, and it's, I mean, a simple zone defense was enough to befuddle the Celtics. I realized that a bunch of these teams don't really run into zones, you know, and, and haven't since college, like a lot of these players, it, Zone is inconsistent in the NBA and your better coaches will deploy it. Um, and I think Spolster took a nice page out of uh, Nick Nurse's playbook from the previous round. The Celtics didn't know exactly what to do um, when it comes down to zone defense. And as they pointed out on the broadcast, the best way to kill the zone is, is A, to get rebounds, and B, basically you need to be in the pockets of the zone to force it to collapse to get guys to other pockets of the zone. Like uh, sit somebody at the free throw line, depending on what kind of zone. Say they're running like a 2-3. Sit somebody at the, th the, the free throw line, get the ball into him, and then it forces whoever's in the middle of the paint or one of the two wings to kind of collapse down, and then suddenly you should have an open three-point shooter or you have somebody flashing to the basket, uh... But even still, like that, it's impressive that a zone is that effective for that long, um, as Nurse does, and like you know, Pop does, and a few other guys. They'll run a zone, and then they'll um, right when the defense gets or the offense gets acclimated to the zone, they switch back to a man, and then they switch back to a zone, and they just keep kind of changing things up to keep the offense guessing. And didn't really have to do that that much they did do some switches back to man and whatnot but man that that zone defense in the third quarter i mean the heat just came storming back i think the celtics put up 17 points in the third quarter i believe off the top of my head i don't know i need to look again at the stats and you would think with kemba starting off as hot as he did uh and marcus smart was feeling it early and tatum only had like two shots through some point like midway point or so of the second quarter. So, you know, they're up in this game and they don't really need Tatum right now. Um, so should be the Celtics game to lose. And it, you know, it was, they, they were in the driver's seat and then the heat answered uh, and it was just too much for them late uh, to help the Celtics get into like this stagnant offense where somebody sits at the top of the key and just kind of dribbles around. It's like the worst of, of Houston. Um, as me is just a fan, I'm not a fan of either team, but of the game, whenever Tatum does that late in game, I don't trust it anymore. Now, having seen it for two games, he's going to settle for a shot. That's not exactly the best. Um, I mean, I don't much care for it when Harden does it, but at least he, we've seen him consistently do it to where you don't question his ability uh, to get that shot off. Um, and then we have some uh, some people chiming in already from uh, 
Christian, I've got, I have no words for my feelings after the game. How can this keep happening? They look like two different teams in first and second half. Yeah, legit worried Heat will take it in four. I don't know about four. The Heat, I mean, the, the Celtics are really good. And I think the reports from Shams and from others that there was a huge dust up in the locker room that you could hear Smart's voice above all others and stuff being thrown around. And then Smart storms out of the locker room saying, y'all on some bullshit. Um, and Jalen Brown and Smart were the two people yelling at each other. And then uh, late night, Brad Stevens had those two plus Kemba and Tatum for a little you know, meeting of the minds to figure out day to squash the beef and B figure out like, okay, what, what adjustments can we make? I don't, I don't foresee the heat winning in four. Um, the heat are on a hell of a roll. Only one loss so far, uh, 10 and one This is super impressive, but I would be flabbergasted if they managed to rattle off two more straight wins. So you never know. I, look, I've been, I, I've, predicted that the winner of the Celtics Raptors would take the East. And right now that looks completely wrong. And I was wrong about the Clippers. Um, I had them to win the championship. Um, it's not like it's been other years, say with the Warriors where it's done before it even happens. This team is just too good. Um, but the Clippers being so deep, just assumed that was going to be it. Um, all right, let's move on to, from Francisco Ramirez. This heat team kind of reminds me of the 2011 Mavs. Uh, okay. Sure. With what you're saying with one alpha being the Butler and uh, uh, Dirk. I think the difference though, between the two is that Dallas team was primarily vets. You had uh, Dirk and you had the matrix and Jason Kidd and Tyson Chandler. And they had like what, Sean Livingston might have been their youngest. I'm not sure how old J.J. Barea was at that point. Um, but, I mean, if you're saying it's one alpha and a collection of guys that all play well together as a team, uh, yeah, but, I mean, Jimmy doesn't assert himself in the same way that the Mavs needed Dirk to in order to win these games. Uh, and the thing is, even if that was my thought about Jimmy in the first half, in the second, you know, he had that deflection at the very last play to knock it back to his own teammate to clear the ball. Um, he also had that steal and then the behind the back pass in. Um, you know, he was putting in the effort everywhere else, which is what Jimmy's always done. Um, the guy exists on hustle, heart, and determination. And, you know, it's benefited him quite well. A lot of people that were haranguing him for choosing Miami because it's Miami and what are you doing? You, you know, you could have gone to a more championship ready team Man, all those people better get ready to eat those words. Cause if they make the championship, he made all the right uh, decisions. I mean, think about it. The heat were sunk not two seasons ago. Like hated every, I hated the Dion waiters signing, the Hassan Whiteside, I understood why you had to do it because you couldn't just let him leave for nothing, but it seemed like a crazy amount of money for a guy that when he's checked in, he's pretty damn excellent. But that's a big question mark as to whether or not he's going to. And then Tyler Johnson, boy, he's lucky he signed his contract when the salary cap spiked because he got more money uh, than you'd ever imagine a, a player of you know Tyler Johnson's caliber making. The Heat just 
cap hamstrung with all these weird contracts of players that I wouldn't want on my team. And now suddenly they've turned it around and they've got, you know, a Duncan Robinson, a division three player, Tyler heroes, their uh, 14th pick, 13th pick, but a first round pick. None is off the G league. I mean, he was on golden States G league team and they that's off the, the salvage heap. Um, you know, Justice Winslow, they traded out for primarily for Igudala and Crowder was the throw in. And now Crowder, Crowder is playing massive minutes, hitting threes like this is eight years ago or six years ago. Um, and that ends up now being the focal point of of the trade for the Heat. So I, I think there's a slight, you know, there's a slight similarity, but I think it's a greater disparity between the two than they are similar. Um, all right, moving on. Let's see. Sebastian says thoughts on Marcus Smart and Celtics locker room explosion. And if they can bounce back internally, I think so. I think that is exactly what smart gives them, which is that fire that they need. Um, because if you, if you look at the rest of the teams, the way they, you assume the way they carry themselves on the court is going to be roughly what they carry themselves like off the court. So Tatum seems quiet, reserved, and confident, just as the Jalen Brown does. And Kemba seems like a nice guy who's there to play peacemaker. And there's nothing wrong with that. You need that on a team. Uh, whereas Smart is their bulldog. And that's exactly what a bulldog does. Hopefully, <clears throat> it sparks them into a win in the next game or, you know, a non-second-half collapse. Um I'm not pulling for the Celtics. I'm not pulling for any team in this. I just want it to be competitive, good games that I'd like it to see. You know, I'd like to see it go six games, seven games. That's more fun for me uh, as just a fan of the game. But it's not as though these games haven't been competitive. It's been back and forth by and large, even though the Celtics built up a lead. Heat came climbing back in that third quarter and made it super interesting. So uh, Jake Cleveland just says, hey, Matt, what's going on? And if any of you want to join, the email address is at the top of the uh, chat. It's uh, drop and dime show at Gmail. And if you email over there, I will send you the link to this and you can join in the discussion over there. Uh, <clears throat> and to Tony World, I just saw the email that you sent uh, a little while back and I'll take care, care of it as soon as the show is over. I didn't realize you had sent that because I haven't logged into the email account, as you can tell, in quite a while. Um, all right, moving on. Johnny Shoemaker says, yeah, it was tough to watch. And apparently it was all kinds of fighting. Yeah. In the, the locker room, Christian responded to that. Jake Cleveland chimes in. Do you think, uh, if they had Hayward, they'd be playing better with this offense and playmaking. You know, some people were saying, sorry, about to open some, uh, a can of water here, a little sparkling fizzy water for myself. A little sip here. Um, some people had the belief of like, wow, oh, we don't need Hayward. We're playing better now. The offense has a better flow and uh, we have a greater idea of everybody's role and whatnot. But when you have somebody who's inclined to uh, drive and try and help collapse the defense to hopefully open up for other shooters and he'll sit outside and shoot, he doesn't need the ball in his hands and yet he can still be a threat when he does uh, just as a looming threat out there because He's he can shoot from three. He's got range, and he is athletic enough to drive and finish at the rim. So to lose somebody like that, you know, you're going to be playing extra minutes from from Wanamaker or other guys like that, where they've been solid. But if you could have former All Star in that position, I think you take it. 
Will he have rust on him coming back? Probably. And is that, are the, is he going to be able to get enough of a run to shake that rust off? I don't know. I guess it really comes down to how well he's playing early on, because if he, if he can't get some shots up and keep the defense honest, he might have a short leash with Brad, with other guys that are just, their conditioning is primed and they're already, you know, in playoff mentality. So it can't hurt in my eyes. Those that are saying that the team is better without him. Well, now through two games, perhaps having his offensive punch late in game. I mean, last night it was Jalen Brown was thankfully getting the shots in that third one by rights. He should be the one shooting it because he had the stones to make the previous two. Um, but to have somebody else out there that is a threat to shoot and that keeps the defense honest, I think would be, uh, you know, a great thing to have for the Celtics. Um, all right. So moving on, let's see. Uh, Sebastian says he agrees. If the Celtics can't get game, oh, that's in reference to a four game sweep. If Celtics can't take game three, Sebastian's thinking that the sweep is imminent. Um, and then Johnny chimes back in with Dragic is playing, been playing unbelievable in these playoffs. He really has. And I think it's a testament to the heat and Spolster setting them down and basically saying, this isn't, this does not need to be about egos. This needs to be about team. Look at Myers Leonard. He is standing for almost the entirety of the game, clapping, cheering, and rooting on his team. And not to say that other teammates aren't doing that, but he knows that that is probably the only way he's going to be able to positively affect his team. So he's doing everything he can to cheer them on. And this is a guy that started for a chunk of the season and played big minutes. And now just like every playoff team, you shorten your rotation down to seven to eight guys. And they really haven't needed his extra length at center. Bam has been more than enough to contend with uh, Tice and the previous rounds as well. I mean, Miles Turner, if he was going to D up on uh, Bam, then they have no other real big. If Sabonis was in there as well, then you need to put a Miles, uh, pardon me, not uh, uh, a Leonard in there. Um, perhaps you shift, you know, Jay Crowder over to it, but there hasn't been as much of a need to have the platooning of bigs out there, unlike in the West that's going to get ready to start tonight. I don't see how JaVale doesn't start because I don't think Anthony Davis wants to uh, D up on Jokic for the entirety of the game, even though Davis would be a great matchup for him because his length is going to really piss off Jokic. Um, but I think they can get away with having the center come back in and then shifting AD over to the four and letting JaVale and Dwight platoon against and do as best they can to slow him down because um, the Lakers only really need to, at this point, worry about two options. But we'll stick with the the Celtics and the Heat for now, and then we'll move on. Um, so, I mean, what adjustments do you make if you're the Celtics? What do you do? I mean, Hayward got shifted from not going to play to doubtful in the last game. So perhaps by tomorrow and Saturday, he will shift from doubtful to, you know, game time decision or coach's decision. And maybe he gets some spot minutes or he comes in with the second unit. Um, you know, 
the piecemeal second unit because it's not really a full second unit anymore because of the playoffs. But perhaps he comes in there and he's given more of a green light and can have more of an effect on the offense and get him going a little bit because as everybody listening and watching out there, more than likely you pay, play basketball and you know that if you can get a couple shots in, even if they're layups, just to see the ball go through, it'll give you a nice little uh, boost of confidence and your outside shot will have a better chance to go in. As much as the numbers don't uh, support that and things like the fallacy of the hot hand, I've played enough basketball and I've watched enough basketball to where I, I still feel like the hot hand is a legitimate thing. Sometimes the basket just feels like it's 10 times bigger than it normally is. And no matter what you're doing, it's going to go in. You just have one of those days. And if you're a pro, you have more of those, one of those days type of situations. So if you can get Hayward in there, make a couple quick baskets and force the heat to not rely on their non-starters as much and get those guys back in there and perhaps get them tired late in game. Also too, once the Celtics were looming with potentially getting the heat in the bonus, they should have kept taking it to them as much as possible. And at that point drive as often as possible to get those foul calls to potentially foul out some of those guys, but make it just a free throw shooting contest. Secondarily, they, the Celtics need to just cool it with the turnovers. They had 20 turnovers last night to the heats 12, I believe. And a lot of those were just super careless. Um, there was one where Jalen Brown went to do a bounce pass to Kemba at the top of the key. It was early in the first half. Um, I want to say it was like one minute and a half, two minutes into the game and just bounced it. Kemba wasn't even looking and neither was Jalen really when he went to make the pass and just kind of threw it out of bounds. Um, but they made several of those during the game were just like, that's, that's really lazy pass to be doing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, it's a lazy pass in general, but right now you should be so keyed in that something like that would be an anomaly as opposed to seeing it several times throughout the game. I mean, the crazy thing is the Heat last night got up, I believe it's 18 more shots. They took 90 shots to the Celtics 72, and they only won by a scant amount. Plus, they had the turnover differential. Now, the Celtics got more free throws. It wasn't a massive difference, but they still got more free throws and the Celtics controlled the boards. But when you're turning the ball over that much and you're not getting near as many shots as the other team, um, I think it's those, those things coupled with the heat took and hit more threes overall. I think it was four more threes. So, Man, if I'm the Celtics and I'm out there, the biggest threat is Duncan Robinson and whoever he is defending on offense, I think I kind of keep feeding them the ball in the hopes of Robinson will happen what happened in game one and he'll get into foul trouble early and you need to get him out. And then suddenly it's like Jay Crowder, will this fountain of youth Orlando magic continue? Perhaps, but it's, you know, We've also watched Jay Crowder over the last couple seasons, and it's not like this where when he was shooting last night, um, the confidence in his stroke, it's like uh, as a, a viewer, I was like, I, that looks like it's good. Um, very rarely did he take a shot that didn't look like it was good. So I would 
do what I could to get Duncan Robinson out of the game, uh, get him into some sort of foul trouble, perhaps get Jimmy to shoot more threes, take away his driving lanes. Um, don't let Bam catch the ball down in anywhere close, try and keep him at the nail or at the elbow. Uh, you know, it's a lot of various things, but at the same time, like Tyler hero was getting to the bucket whenever he needed to. He had a couple of really gorgeous finishes. There was one where he was uh, driving down left side of the hoop and ever so slightly gave a little nudge, but then curled up right before he got to the rim and just little baby finger roll straight in. And, you know, for a kid that's 20 years old and it's his first season in the NBA, that was a masterful little finish. Uh, so, I mean, the Heat, the Heat have options. You can slow them down. The Celtics need to figure out that zone defense. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Will the Heat sweep? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, so we got uh, some other people chiming in. Adrian Rodriguez says, got here just in time for the Heat top 10 for life. There you go, Adrian. Then Christian chimes back in. There are three days between games three and four. That might give Hayward enough time to come back properly. Maybe it will be too late if the Celtics lose Saturday, but his playmaking abilities are needed. True. And the extra rest will actually only help uh, everybody. I think that's part of the reason that uh, Kawhi was so gassed in that game seven. This every other day when he's got a degenerative leg condition, like he could use the extra rest. That is one where a load management seems legitimate because he'll probably be hobbling later in his life from this, if it maintains. So, and these guys is, you know, that's, that's the other benefit of the heat um, is quite a few pundits and talking heads uh, pointed out before the start of the, the playoffs, young legs are probably going to carry the day in a lot of this because the schedule is just so jammed in there and the heat have technically more young legs in Robinson hero and uh, uh, none. Although it's not like Tatum and Brown are these old KG vets, but you do have Smart and you do have Kemba. Um, but that being said, the Heat have Jimmy and Goron. So it goes both ways. Uh, and Bam's a younger guy too. I don't know, but perhaps the extra time off. Um, so then uh, Adrian Rodriguez says, isn't Hayward's child being born soon? I'm not sure on the dates or anything, but I know he'd have to quarantine and all that. Yeah, originally before it all started, he said he was going to leave for the birth of his child. And yes, the I remember the tentative date was sometime right around now. So when he sprained his ankle, it was like, oh, okay, you're going to be gone for four weeks plus however long, um, you know, for the child. Even if you get tested every day that you're out, then you have to come back and you have to quarantine for a short number of days when you get back. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe he amended that now that they're down 0-2. Um, perhaps he told his wife that much as I would love to have come, my team really needs me. And if we want to make the finals, I need to be here to do this. And I think she would understand. And I also think his child would understand. Yes, you're missing the birth of the child. And that is a huge moment. And there's, it's only going to happen once in life. So I would assume he's still going to leave. Um, but if he stays, uh, I can understand the mentality. You're going to be there for the rest of his life. How many opportunities are you going to get to make the pinnacle of your sport and potentially cement your legacy and set you up for the rest of your life? Just in that, you know, the more championships you win, 
If Jordan doesn't win his six championships, do his sneakers sell as well today? Now, they were iconic at the time, but they're also associated with who most consider the greatest player of all time and an unstoppable force. And there's all this, the marketing and the branding that was all built around it at the time. And it steamrolled and had this effect on the culture. So if Hayward can win this championship and say, win another and win another, well, you know, your sponsorship deals going forward for the rest of your life are going to increase. And, you know, look at Shaq. Shaq has an over the top personality and larger than life persona, uh, which also feeds into that, but he's a champion and he did it under the greatest pressure. And now you see him hawking goods for any product that apparently is willing to cut a large enough check. And that, you know, that can happen if you're a winner. Uh, if Steph wanted that for the rest of his life, he easily could get it. Uh, so anyway, do I think Hord, uh, Hayward will be back? I, I would assume so in this next game. Um, all right, let's shift over to the Western Conference. And apparently everybody, I mean, the chat is lively. We can keep going. Um, numerous people keep chiming in. We're probably at, I don't know, 20, 30 people chatting thus far. Uh, but nobody, I have not gotten one email yet. <laughs> so nobody wants to join in uh, and do a quick little uh, drop in on the show. That's fine. That's fine. Or perhaps you're in a situation where you can only watch because you're at work and you can't uh, join in on the discussion, whatever it is. But I figured I'd get at least one person so far. No dice. Uh, well, we'll try it again in the future. I don't really care. And so long as you guys are joining in the chat, it still makes for uh, a discussion back and forth as opposed to a monologue. Um, so in the West, the West kicks off tonight, starting at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, my time. Which is awesome because then the game ends and I still have, you know, it's not the end of the night like people on the East Coast where the game's not going to end till 12, 1230. Um, that's one of the benefits of living on the West Coast. Like football ends and you still have, you can still do stuff. Monday night football ends and it's not the middle of the night. It's, pre it's pretty great. Uh, there are times like waking up for 10 a.m. games on some Sundays isn't my favorite thing to do in the world, but still do it. Still better than spending, you know, my my entire day being killed with football. Um, so, yeah, now, now people are chiming in as to why they can't. It's fine. Guys, don't worry about it. We'll do this again another point on Wednesday or Friday, but I, I figured some of you would uh, would join in, but it's... Uh, people are saying that they're, you know, on their way to something and they just have the app open, I'm assuming, for YouTube and others at work. Uh, I get it. Don't worry about it. Not all of us can sit around and shoot the shit about basketball in the middle of the day on a Friday. Uh, you know, I, thankfully I can. And it's thanks to, you know, the way I've set up my life. Uh, but anyway, so over to the Western Conference. So I think the key... Uh, now everybody's driving in. I'm also at work. <laughs> uh, I think the key for tonight is on both teams, it's kind of the same thing. Make anyone else other than the top two players take this game over. It's the same. It's the exact same thing. I think the difference between the two is because the the nuggets 
have somebody that sits on the outside and somebody that sits on the inside to take those two away. It's a little bit slightly different game plan. Whereas with the, the Lakers, I almost said the heat with the Lakers, if you can take away the paint and force Kuzma and KCP and Rondo Caruso, Danny green to make shots from the outside. I think that is a quicker route to a victory for the nuggets as opposed to if you're not going to D up AD onto Jokic, then asking JaVale and Dwight to shut him down. And then meanwhile, probably I would assume KCP on Jamal Murray to start. And then if he gets too hot, switch over LeBron to him. Um, and then if Porter's in there, then put AD on Porter. Uh, and you've got JaVale slash Dwight on Jokic. Now, they're not going to be able to shut Jokic down, but perhaps they can slow him up just a little bit. But yeah, if if I'm the Nuggets, I force anybody not named LeBron and AD to shoot from outside. I, I would give them, if it takes doubling, um, uh, even tripling any of those guys, they get close enough whether it's AD or LeBron to to the rim and LeBron can shoot from three, two. So you need to be respectful of that, but nobody finishes better at the rim than the Lakers. They do two things really well, that and fast break, fast break points, transition points. They're the best in the league. Uh, during the regular season, the difference between them and second place was, you know, massive. Uh, so they, run the transition better than anybody and they finish at the rim better than anybody. So if you can take away the finishing at the rim, which is what AD and LeBron do so well, now you're asking, you know, quote unquote, playoff LeBron or not playoff LeBron, playoff Rondo um, or Kuzma or Caruso or KCP and KCP is their best three point shooter right now, but I still don't trust them forcing them to take the game into their hands. Like, Hey, Markeith Morris, let's, let's see you hit three threes, four threes before we're going to respect it. Um, and if you can slow down, if you can stop the tandem of LeBron and AD from getting 70 points and say, you get them to only get 40 points, that should be a recipe for, um, at the very least, keeping this a tight game, if not winning the game. So that would be my game plan. If I'm Malone now, I am not an NBA coach. Um, so I would imagine Malone is going to have many more wrinkles than just that obvious uh, tactic. Um, but, and if I'm Vogel, well, it's it's hard not to trust in LeBron and AD. And especially with LeBron, you know, we've all said that he has been the coach GM of numerous teams that he's been on. And he is truly a floor general. Him and uh, Chris Paul fits it even more so. But LeBron has now seen every defense that could ever be thrown at him. Uh, he's played with numerous different configurations, and he's gotten them to uh, the finals on countless you know, years. So you have to trust in that ability and his ability to see the other team's strategy and help formulate and come up with it, uh, come up with Vogel and that coaching staff. Um, okay, here we go. Finally, we get somebody that wants to join in. So I'm sending you the link once I see that you've joined in. Uh, 
Anyway, I would trust in LeBron being able to help assess the situation at hand because Anthony Davis is going to defer to him at all times, as he should, as any player on that team should. So the rest will fall in line, lockstep with whatever strategy that he and that coaching staff can help devise. And I'm not saying that the others won't have valuable input, especially Rondo. Um, you know, there's a great clip of Rondo. This is how good and astute he is. He was on, he was playing with Boogie. I don't know if it was with the Kings or with the Pels. I think it was with the Kings. And it's at the end of a game and it's on an inbound play. And Rondo is yelling at Boogie, go stand in the corner where there is no shooter. Go stand over there. And Boogie's looking at him with that same kind of petulant Boogie look that he has on his face at all times, uh, which sucks because that dude has all the talent in the world. And I want to love him. I really do. But when he looks like he just shit his own diaper at all times and he doesn't want anybody to change it, it's really hard to like the guy. Uh, so, but he's yelling, yelling at Boogie. Go stand in the corner where there is no shooter right now. Fucking trust me. And the play develops and it ends up, it is all designed to get that shooter open in the corner because nobody's going to D up on him and it'll be wide open and the kick down to him to shoot. And it completely stops the design play in its tracks. Kings win the game. Um, so I do have faith in LeBron. All right. I am going to get, um, it was Adrian. Adrian Rodriguez has joined it. Everybody else is stuck at work. So Adrian is joining me now. How are you, sir? I'm good, Ben. I'm also at work, actually. But Oh, are you? So you're what, taking a quick five to jump in here? Taking a quick two-week notice before I start a new job. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hanging yeah. out. Bam, out of the bayou. Uh, that's a good yes, one. You know, shout out to Kendrick Perkins, the newest Heat fan on the bandwagon. Yeah, well, enjoy it until you guys lose a game. And then suddenly Kendrick is your biggest uh, you know, critic. Uh, <laughs> some of the worst hot takes. Yeah. Some of the worst. It's uh -oh. just... Oh man, yeah, some of the worst. It was. I, I thought the season was over. The postseason, as soon as he started jumping in, I, uh, yeah, weird, weird time. Thank you for having me on, man. By the way, big fan. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Uh, th thank you for joining me. Everybody else seems to be stuck at work, and you were like, "Fuck it, uh, I'll, I'll come on for a minute." Yeah, my favorite is the Kendrick when he's trolling on Twitter, and he's like, "My top five power forwards of all time," and he's got four Hall of Famers, and he's like, "And Paul Pierce," and you're like, "Get the fuck out of here with Paul Pierce." <laughs> No, no way. Right. That's yeah. a Paul Pierce statement where Paul is, Pierce puts himself at you know, number two. Mister uh, had a, a better career than D Wade because uh, he, yeah. he had LeBron and Shaq and prime Shaq, by the way. Exactly. I'm not the, the biggest, like I like D Wade. Uh, I understand why Heat fans love him to death. Exactly. And he's a hall of famer. But as soon as you make those two comparisons, like Paul, you were D Wade no. is much better than you. Yeah. It's, it's just the tape is there. Maybe. Yeah, you, you can watch it. Yeah. Uh, it. Although, you know, D Wade pump faking from three was always the, you know, it's like Rondo before this playoffs, pump faking from three. It's like nobody's buying this. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So, what do you want to talk about? Well, I mean, I, I came into the show late, so I missed all the heat stuff, but I don't want to go over anything that the, uh, you know, you've already touched on. But I was seeing some questions coming in the chat since you want to get oh. all interactive here. Sure. <laughs> What do you uh, got? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't looked over in a minute. Someone was talking about the Sixers, and you know, I, I haven't trashed the Sixers for a while because now we're all kind of dumping on the Clippers at the moment. Sure. But uh, oh yeah, Owen, it's from Owen Hart. Hart. 
Yeah. Uh, Sixers try to get rid of Ben Simmons and maybe try to acquire James Harden, maybe in the three-team deal. Uh, Uh, You'd have to look at salaries because they're going to throw in something else. Um, Yeah, can they afford that? Yeah, hypothetically. So long as you get, I think it's within 80% of the salaries you can make it work uh, within the CBA. Yeah, they could. They're just going to have to put in, I mean, Ben Simmons plus something else of value. To make it, I'd have to look at uh, Basketball Reference or Hoops Hype or somewhere else that has all the salaries listed up. You could make it happen. Do you want a ball stopper in James Harden with the ball in his hands and just what have Embiid sit down in the low post? Plus, that's going to clog the lane and and kind of kills like getting rid of Clint Capella opened up the offense a little bit. A little bit, yeah. So I'm not sure. I don't know if I I do that one. Um. Yeah, that seems like a weird fit. Yeah, I'd still love to see Brad Beal play with Joel Embiid. But then you have two point guards on the Wizards, and I'm not sure if the Wizards do that unless they can find a suitor for John Wall, and then they just kind of blow this whole thing up. But that's a lot of salary to move, and you're going to have to attach picks to get rid of John Wall. Um, You got any thoughts on... uh, Take him straight up like that. What was that? You got any thoughts on tonight's game? Um, tonight's game, I am just still kind of getting over the anxiety <laughs> of the uh, the first two Eastern Conference games, so I haven't put too much thought into it. I'm excited. That's all I know. But okay. um, yeah, I mean, after what happened in the second round, I uh, I just can't wait to see what Joker and everybody's going to put. Like, I just God forbid the Lakers go down three one because then at that point everybody on ESPN and you know, is going to, the storylines are going to come out and it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare. I, I know. Uh, um, still though, I just, Jamur, uh, Jamal Murray has now proven that he can, he can put up, oh, oh he can flat God. out put up points. And you, so, so long as the rest of the team, you know, Gary Harris and Jeremy Grant, we need you to, to be defensive stoppers and uh, Harris, get your shots in when we need you to get your shots in. And Michael yeah. Porter basically be the athletic freak that you are. They're going to be a handful. That's a when like I when he's performing, yeah, yeah. It's it's like every other matchup for me at least with the Lakers so far. It's like I love their top two, and then after that, usually yeah. I like the other Caruso. Team. Yeah, I like Caruso. He's yeah, an interesting yeah. player, but you know I like the potential of Gary Harris and the potential of Michael Porter Jr. and the potential of what Jeremy Grant can give him defensively. It's like, that's super interesting, but at the same time, you still got to deal with LeBron and AD. Yeah. I mean, come on. what do you, uh, what do you foresee that one going? Um, as a selfish NBA fan, I would like to see seven games. Um, realistically, I, I don't know, man, I don't want to count the nuggets out. Right. I know, but like they've already proven the last two series, you shouldn't do that. I just, I don't know if you can really think that LeBron and AD are not going to win the series. It's hard to bet against, and now the yeah. the path to a championship got so much easier for the Lakers um, because there's no massive looming threat of the Clippers. Yeah, Kawhi's and, finger isn't looming over, you know, yeah. LeBron. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's one of my favorite, you know, LeBron. I know he's in his brain because if you go back and look at, uh, I think it was the year that they lost the championship to... Um, so 2014, when they so lost 14, to the Spurs. So this, yeah, Spurs. And Le- LeBron is at the line shooting Thanks for bringing that up, by the way. 
Yeah. And Kawhi checks back in and LeBron looks over and sees Kawhi and he just goes, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's because they, I wouldn't want to deal with a dude whose hands are bigger than my head. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It just is a fucking just robot. Flippers, fucking cut flippers. Yeah. Exactly. And just methodical. Yeah. There are no highs and lows. Yeah. He's just he's just out there to play basketball like a fucking That's- machine. He just clocks in. He plays better than almost everybody most of the time. Most of the time. And then uh, goes home. Yeah. So to not have that and then not have to deal, because I think the Clippers would have been fully keyed in to play the Lakers, unlike this. Yeah, this would not have happened. Yeah. What happened with the Nuggets? Uh, you would have been, they would have put up some fight. I mean, it wouldn't have been like that last game where the entire fourth quarter, what did they score? Like, I forget, like 15 points or something ridiculous. The, I mean, they didn't score until four, like 52 left in the fourth quarter. It was it was so sad when they pointed it out on the broadcast. I was I because I keep notes, you know, running notes during the games. Right. And I was like, really? I, I mean, I knew that they hadn't scored, but I didn't yeah. realize it was the entirety thus far of the fourth quarter. And you could see it though. I mean, when if Kawhi is maybe off, and, yeah, who else is going to consistently be able to get them a bucket? I have no idea. Yeah, uh, playoff Pete wasn't doing it. That's for sure. No, that's. I mean, I've never been a big Paul George fan. Um, and now, and I love the trolling of Dame. Yeah, oh. the game. <laughs> so good. Sent him the clip of that side of the backboard three, and he's like, "I don't know, look good to me. Look, look good to me, yeah, yeah." Just like <laughs> him and CJ just going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. CJ eventually having to say, you know, listen, man, I I, I got to check out. Like this is, I'm gonna turn <laughs> off my phone for a while because this is gonna yeah. get nasty. Um, he did plug his wine though, or something right before the end. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Well, why not? Got to slide in, slide in the business move. Wait again, being a front runner in the that industry. Um, all right, well, I've got I've had a few other people ask for the clip for the link to get in, so um, cool. I'm going to drop you out. But anything you want to say before you get out of here, or plug or whatnot? Um, I'm unrealistic. No plug. Unrealistic Heat fan expectations. Heat and four. Let's go, baby. That's Heat it. and four Heat and all the way in the final. The balls. Two. The ball. Hundred. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on, Adrian. And hey, uh, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Have a good one, man. You too, brother. Um, so to those, a few more people emailed requesting the link. Um, I, I sent it out at the beginning of that with Adrian. So maybe one of you will jump in. Um, and, oh, here comes one now. I will jump him in. Is Owen Hart back from the grave, sir. How are you? How are we doing? I've been a big fan, big fan. Uh all right, who, who's your team? Uh, Celtics. Okay, so as the previous discussion at the beginning of the podcast, how do you feel down 0-2? I mean, obviously, outside of the, yes, it sucks to be down 0-2, do you think there's a remedy for this? I think the biggest thing is that, like, those were very winnable games. It's not like it was 0-2 mm-hmm. in terms of, like, uh, like the Pacers here, where I feel like we just were outmatched. We gave up those two games. So okay. when I look at 0-2, I think we just need to – Step, like we were up 17 in that game. So I think that if you just keep going that way, it's I'm not too worried down 0-2. I mean, tomorrow night is basically do or die because nobody teams ever come back from 0-3. But I'm not super worried. I'm worried about the whole Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown thing. But I'm not worried about that. Okay. If, yeah. if you, I don't know if you talk about that. I I, I joined late. Uh, yeah, I mean, I brought it up earlier. See, I think that's exactly what the team needed. True. Because True. he is their bulldog. So he, you need... Otherwise, like Jalen is a very uh, intelligent, respectful, 
and you know he considers his thoughts before he says them as and Tatum seems quite confident Kemba seems like mm-hmm. a peacemaker nice guy there's nothing wrong with any of those things but you do exactly. need a bulldog yeah yeah so that's precisely why you have smart and if he has that blow up it's like it's not as though it was an anomaly if you saw Gordon Hayward do that that would be crazy yeah 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 uh-huh. What did you think about the last second lob in for like their, their last shot attempt when Jalen Brown tried to get the lob in? Do you think that was a bad play, stupid play? I, I think the the mountain was so high with such so little time left. Didn't matter. But yeah, it it didn't matter to me. Right when when Jimmy got that steal and threw it back in, I knew you got that was toast. That was what was that with a little under two minutes? Yeah, it was one minute. You needed a bucket yeah, right yeah. there to staunch the bleeding. And as soon as he got that steal and flipped it around and went over to, was that Tyler Hero or Goran Dragic? It was one of the two. I think it was Dragic. I don't remember. Yeah. And he got it at the top of the key, and I was like, doesn't doesn't matter. And then they got the yeah. easy bucket underneath. But I was like, at this point, yeah. they're just playing. You can, you yeah. can tell that yeah. the basketball gods are on their side right now. Yeah. Uh, I know you're not a Vegas guy, but I was wondering if I could just throw out some of the lines going forward tonight and see who okay. you would take over under. So uh, Jokic points is 23 and a half. Um, do you have a points plus like rebounds? Last year, I went 29 to 32 for a friend in Vegas on those His points, like, rebounds, assists is 41 and a half points, rebounds and assists total 41 and a half. 41. Okay. What else you got? What about Murray? What about LeBron? What about AD? Uh, Murray points is 24 and a half points, rebounds, assists is 35 and a half for Murray. Murray made threes, three and a half. Okay, I would take the over on the threes. Yeah. What was his points again? 24? 24 and a half, yeah. 24 and a half. Boy, that's because he's, it's either 20 points or it's 40. Was it that game seven against the uh, Jazz where he was coming off like 15 and he had like 19 and he shot a cold night? Because he was exhausted. He couldn't do it for sets for four games in a row. Yeah, yeah. Teams shot like shit. Everything was yeah. up on the rim because they had no nothing legs. was yeah nothing like. Here's uh, one that I thought was surprising: Jeremy Grant ten and a half points. I think that's pretty low. I don't know though because there are games where Jeremy Grant has four points, but he was they he yeah. was in there for his defensive presence true, at true, all true. times. Um, so it's what thirty five and a half for Murray with points, rebounds, and assists, and forty one for Joker. Okay, man. I think I take the over on Joker because I'm guessing he's going to be the fulcrum of their offense tonight. Offense, yeah, and he's going to get a handful of assists probably. He's, he's probably going to be at top of the key distributing. Especially if they're going to keep JaVale on him or Dwight. Now, if they switch over yep. to AD, the ball won't be in his hands as much because AD's length will give him problems and won't be able to pass out of that situation as readily. Um, and I would take the over on points on Jamal. But then the points is like, I don't know about that one because he can easily put up 28, two and one. Yeah. Um, he's not in there for his rebounds and assists. He's in no, there for his offense. Uh, what do you got for LeBron and AD? AD points, 28 and a half rebounds, 10, even. And points, rebounds, assists is 41 and a half for AD. Points, rebounds and assists is 41 and a half. Yeah. Looking, looking tempting for the over. I would take the over on that. Yeah. I think the the rebounds is right on the money. 
and the points is fairly close to right on the money. Because they don't have anybody else they can throw at. Would would Grant ever guard Davis, and then they throw Joker on like Javale if he's in? Yeah, I think. Joker for sure will more than likely stay on whatever center because he's too much of a defensive liability yeah. to put on Davis. Davis will just cook him right more often yeah. than not. Not saying he's the worst on defense, but he in no way, shape, or form is he known for his defense. So, yeah, I'd put yeah. Jeremy Grant or Porter or Millsap. Millsap, yeah. Uh, and try and get one of those guys to slow down and potentially do it as a all these guys can get fouls type of situation, and we just need to slow down because I – Make yeah. anybody but those two for either team, but you know, for the Lakers, anybody but AD and LeBron. If you can slow them down to 18 to 20 points a piece, although LeBron can still get you 16, 15, and 12. Yeah. Um, but it's more so the AD, you need to you need to keep him below 30, but I would say below 24 yeah. to 22. Do you think did you say KCP you think is gonna guard Murray? I would assume they start there because yeah. Yeah, defensively, I mean, if they had Avery Bradley, Avery Bradley, Avery Bradley on him would be their dream because they could he could slow him down better than anybody else on the team. Yeah, he could actually. I mean, that's yeah. their best wing defender who's not on the team right now. So otherwise, you're going to be relying on Rondo, Kuzma, Caruso um, to do it, and I'm not sure that any yeah. of them are any more capable than KCP. And KCP, I think, is with his length gives him the best ability. Yeah. Also, just for the for the game, the the Lakers are plus no, the Lakers are minus seven and a half for the game. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I might take the Nuggets and the points, and Lakers still win, but it's a five yeah, point win. It's a big big spread. Yeah, it is Four. seven and a half on an open. It's not like there's home yeah. court. If this was in LA, that's yeah. justifiable to me. I guess it's, they're thinking maybe the Nuggets are more tired. They came off of two game sevens when Lakers played. What ten games was the fourteen games? That's the only well, but they had they had rest time. They had, what two two extra days off? An extra day off? They had an extra day off as opposed to yeah. the game going into game one yeah. against the Clippers, which I would bet. Uh, I actually looked up some gambling sites because the line on that was obscene, and it was like, dude, the Clippers are yeah. going to win this going away. It's not even going to be funny. Um, and technically, and then, it's not legal here to do in California, so I did not make a bet. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, every once again, I'll actually put my own money on, but by and large, I don't just, get why it isn't federally because they can just make free tax money off of that if they make it nationally legal. Because you figure they can just the same thing they do with marijuana. It's like let's make money off this. People can do it anyway. Let's let's put some yeah, whatever like tax. It's it's easier to shift it to uh, a state by state and a locality because there's going to yeah. be certain areas that don't want it at all costs. So exactly. there's no point in doing it. So let the states decide. Um, all right, well, uh, who are you pulling for tonight? I'm pulling for the Nuggets just because I like when the it doesn't go according to the NBA script. So I think if like a Nuggets Heat Finals, like the NBA would hate that, but I love it when like they they just it just goes out and it isn't like the two LA ball like the big markets. I like when they kind of goes against like whatever sure. expects. Yeah, so I like uh, when it gets blown up. Yeah, I, I mean. The LA, I mean, the, the the NBA would hate the Nuggets making it. They'll never officially yeah. say that. It's a good story. It's uh, no, yeah, yeah. The, the West all the more competitive, but they need the eyes for the. They've already pre-sold the ad revenue, but at the same time, it only helps them with their, their exactly. partners, quote unquote. 
if they have the most eyeballs and the most eyeballs is going to be guaranteed by LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers making the finals. So if the nuggets get up too much, you know, be on the lookout for some wonky calls. Exactly. I, I have conspiracy. That that's what happened in game six of the Celtics that they didn't call that foul on Kemba because they wanted to go seven. I, I, I still think that's because of the market and they wanted seven games. Quite possibly. Yeah. Uh, and it made for great television. Great series. Great series. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anything you want to say before you get out of here? Anything you want to plug? Um, plug uh, Days and Reviews podcast. It's a podcast I do with my buddy. It's a movie podcast. And then we okay. also had a, a sports one uh, that isn't on right now. Just we lost the steam of it. But yeah, Days and Reviews podcast. Uh, got inspired by you because you were just like doing your own thing and just like talked about sports and basketball. I was like, I'll do that too. So thank you. Hey, there you go. Uh, yep. Yeah. Hopefully people tune in. But if nothing else, it's an excuse to watch more sports because exactly. God damn it, you got a show to do. Uh, I'm worried about the the next season. Who knows how late it's going to start? Uh, they've already pushed it back. They're going to wait for fans yeah. to come back. I think on some level, but there is a point of no return where they have to do it. Uh, so, beginning of December, David or Adam Silver, rather, um, I almost said you know David Silver for David Stern yeah, Hybrid, um, has already intimated. He's been quoted saying beginning of December is probably going to be a little too soon. So perhaps the Christmas Day kickoff is going to be where they actually start the season, yeah. um, and a lot of owners and GMs have been pushing for that for years because they, they get slaughtered by the NFL for the first two months of the season. That's why that in game or in season tournament was being floated around of something to get people to pay attention. But NFL's on in this country. Nobody cares. Exactly. So, uh, but, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. No worries, man. Uh, stay safe out there. You too. Enjoy tonight's game. And, uh, you know, hopefully I see you on Wednesday. Sure thing. Yeah. All right. Later, bud. Um, yeah, last year I did well on betting. I bet none of my money. So who knows if I actually put my money down, how well I would have done. But a friend of mine went to Vegas three separate times and would send me the sheet. And it's all that. X plus Y plus Z equals this. Do you want to bet the over-under? I went 29 of 32. Not bad. Not bad. Um, and on one of those, I actually got him to... Uh, to parlay them. So he made a, he made a decent little chunk of money. It's not like he put up huge. It was 50 bucks on this a hundred bucks on that. It was mostly one-off bets, but uh, he still made some money. So I did well last year, um, but I kind of need to, it's easier to do if anybody gives a shit, at least it is for me um, by game three, because then you have a sense of how the defenses are playing each other. And you've seen the micro adjustments uh, from game to game, but also quarter to quarter, and between halves and whatnot. So you have a better understanding. So as a series progresses, it gets easier and easier. Um, although they lock those in much, they dial them in the sports books do that much better. And who knows this year I could go three for 32. So it's not like I'm sitting here trying to sell a gambling podcast and be like, Hey, Hey, get mad in those uh, lock of the week. You just got to sign up for this. Uh, I'm not saying that, but last year I had to, a good year playing with someone else's money. So, um, yeah, I, thankfully I don't care about gambling. Otherwise I'd probably get myself in trouble. Uh, (laughs) thinking I know as much as I know. Uh, but so I am looking forward to tonight's game. It's going to be, I mean, so good. So good guys. Western conference finals is here. This is the best time of year. When I told my wife, I was like, just, Hey, heads up. It's pretty much a game every night for the foreseeable future. And just to look on her face of like, man, 
I hate the NBA. <laughs> You're like, well, I love it. I love this game, baby. I love it. Uh, I will watch it all from tip to finish. Um, and hopefully tonight's game is as good as last night's, you know, as a, as a passive fan, as a Celtics fan last night must've, you know, the roller coaster of that of being up double digits and in full control to losing the game at the end of the second half, the offense looks completely disjointed and you have no idea where you're going to get a bucket from because uh, it just seems like everybody's just waiting for their turn to shoot as opposed to within the flow of an offense and movement. Um, but hopefully tonight is closer to what that was in the second half. It just back and forth type of thing or what game one was where it's just one side, a, a lob of volleys, the other side back on their heels, but then they now return fire. And it's just this trench warfare type of thing where it's 17 ties, five lead changes, and it just nodded for the whole game. I think that seven and a half points is a bit ridiculous. The only reason you could say that is because the Lakers had more time off, but I still think seven and a half is too high. If they made it like four and a half or five and a half, then I think it's a much closer, uh, an easier choice to, to pick the Lakers. But if you can get the seven and a half points, I think the Nuggets can keep this within three to four points. It's possible. Um, Hell, the Nuggets could win. They have, if Jokic and Murray continue to play like that, that is a tandem that is going to be utterly unstoppable. Um, now, we'll see if Jokic can get the crazy number of rebounds that he did because he'll still have to contend with LeBron, AD. That's one thing the Lakers have. They got a ton of size and length. Um, it's just the shooting, spot-up shooters with Danny Green doesn't look anything like what Danny Green always looked like. Uh, he was the odds-on favorite to be their leading three-point shooter coming into the season, even though KCP's kind of held that mantle to some degree uh, over years past. Uh, but you assumed to be Danny Green or potentially Kuzma would do the full ascendancy to third. Um, so, yeah, get anybody else on the Lakers not named LeBron and AD to hit from outside and just pack the paint, force them to shoot from 14-ish out. Just don't let them get any closer than that. And if they beat you from three, so be it. But it's not like they're the Rockets uh, or the Warriors of previous years or shit, even the Heat and the Celtics. Uh, I think have better consistent or more reliable shooters that I trust. I mean, shit, at this point, uh, Robinson on the Heat, I trust him as a three-point shooter more than anybody on the Lakers. That's crazy. Guy's a rook. He was a Division three player, wasn't supposed to be in the league, and now he is arguably the most consistent three-point shooter left in the NBA playoffs. Good for him and good for the Heat. Um, all right, well, enjoy the slate of games over the weekend. I know I'll be watching. Uh, I will be back here on uh, Wednesday. Um, I should have a guest on uh, Wednesday. Uh, I have a tentative. Uh, yes. He's got to make sure his schedule is clear. Um, and that is it. Thank you so much to uh, everybody that follows along on the channel. Um, you can find it at uh, youtube.com and I need to change. I can do a custom URL at this point. 
which I haven't done yet. So I'll let you guys know what that is in the future. Uh, otherwise, you can just follow me online at Matt Nost and uh, catch the updates when I'm getting ready to go live for all this. Uh, I think I'm losing Twitter followers for all the NBA coverage that I'm doing. <laughs> but that's not going to stop. So, uh, you know, uh, thanks for coming along for the time that you did, I guess. Um, but anyway, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, if you haven't and you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. I thoroughly appreciate it. Uh, that is it for today. Enjoy the rest of your weekend NBA action. And I will see you guys again next week, next Wednesday, going live at noon as per usual. Adios. Thank you.